Thanks for listening to the weekly Overflow Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this sermon by Jesse Cup. For more information, visit overflowindy.com or visit us on Facebook at Overflow Indy. All right, everybody, we're going to dive in. Um, I'm going to carry on with the things that I've been talking about for the last couple of weeks. Um, I I don't feel like it's done yet. Um, The things that I'm going to talk about today are really coming from, a, I would say, an apostolic slash prophetic perspective on kingdom. And so if that's not your normal way to perceive things, just try to just try to jump in to what I'm trying to say and ask Holy Spirit to help you catch some understanding on this. Um, <clears throat> but we're, we're really trying to, <clears throat> what we're doing, we've been going through Acts, we're, we're still in Acts 1, but we've been talking about the ecclesia, God's version of the church, for quite a long time now, because we want to capture what, how God perceives His church, because often... The way God sees things is way different than the way we'd see it if we're not paying attention to his ways, right? So, um, but we're, we've actually, for the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about how the, how the heavens are here to back up the mission that God's given us as the church, okay? So, um, we talked about the glory of God and, and the angelic coming into to do partnerships with us. So we're going to carry on with that. So if you can open your Bibles to Acts chapter 1, we're going to read verses 8 through 11. And I believe that we, I believe that Kaya he, released healing on Pro Presenter. Miracles, signs, and wonders, right? So we got it up here now. So if you want to follow with me on the screen, we're going to do verses 8 through 11. This is after Jesus had resurrected. Before he ascends to heaven, um, he's having his last words with his disciples or his apostles, commissioning them into the purposes that he has as he's about to give birth to the church into this world on Pentecost. So he's preparing them for the birthing of the church. All right, so we're going to read verse 8 through 11. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. We'll po- actually just pause there for a second. We, I just want to reiterate that Jesus was not just giving them a calling, but he's giving them the power to function in the calling, supernatural power to be able to do things way beyond what they could do on their own strength or wisdom. Amen? And so he's given them the power of the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. How many of you guys have the Holy Spirit in your life? Come on. He's in your life, and He's more powerful than you know, and He actually has told us that we can receive power from the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit's already in our lives, active, if we're born again, and if you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, He's put the power of the Holy Spirit in your life totally accessible, but I think that a lot of people have the Holy Spirit but might not be accessing the power that comes with that, and so Jesus um, is saying, you shall receive in the Greek, that's that word lambano. We spent some good time talking about lambano, which means to reach out intentionally to grab a hold of something and pull it into yourself. 
It's a very intentional, proactive apprehending of something, right? So lambano, he says, you shall lambano power. That means you can have power. It might be something that you're not even accessing yet, even though the Holy Spirit's with you, but there's more, amen? Whatever level of power is already active in your life, there's more, but he wants us by faith to lambano, to grab a hold of it, to apprehend it and bring it into ourselves. There's always more in God, hallelujah, right? All right, so with the power of the Holy Spirit, he says, you will be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, ends of the earth. And so he's saying that it's not just that you're going to go tell people about me. That's part of being a witness is they actually spent 40 days witnessing Jesus' resurrection in so many different ways, it says. He proved himself risen from the dead many different ways for 40 days. But he's saying you're going to be a witness to me. That means you're going to go because he's going to ascend and there's no proof except if Jesus shows up in their midst with power, right? So he says you're going to witness, you're going to be a witness to me. That means you're going to tell of what you've seen, but it also means you're going to still see me. You're going to be watching me work in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the ends of the earth. Hallelujah. That's awesome. You're going to get the power of the Holy Spirit, and then you're going to watch Jesus show up in your midst everywhere you go. He's going to do things you could never do. He's going to do it through you. Praise the Lord. So he says it starts in Jerusalem because that's where Pentecost is going to pour out upon them in the upper room. That's where he's going to give birth to the ecclesia, the church of Jesus Christ. That's where the, 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 if you would call it that, the organization of God's people, right? But it's more than just what... You know, a lot of churches might think of it as an organization, but we've talked a lot about how it's not just that. It's actually a family. It's oikos. That word oikos means household. It means house. It means family. So he's going to give birth to a family that's his church, and, it's going to, and we're going to have the power of the Holy Spirit, and we're going to go out, and he's going to move. He's going to move with power. We're going to watch him show up. We're going to witness Jesus show up in our midst. Praise the Lord. And Jesus even said, when two or three or more come together in my name, there I am in the midst of them, right? That's unity. And, and Jesus shows up in the midst, all right? So he's saying, you're going to watch me, and I'm not just staying at home base. We're going past that. We're going to do something. We're going to build momentum, and it's going to grow and increase. The kingdom will expand. The kingdom is going to advance. It's going to spread, and it's going to go. It's going to, it's going to start home and then go outward. So it's going, to, it's going to start in Jerusalem, but then it's going to expand to the nearest region, Judea. But it's going to keep going beyond. It's going to go to Samaria. Sorry, Judea is the region that Jerusalem is in. But it's going to fill your home region, next region, ends of the earth. Praise God. He doesn't want to stop. He, he's not done until he's done, right? Is, is he done yet? He's not done yet. So that means verse 8 is still happening. So that's pretty cool. The promise in there. Let's move to verse 9 now. <clears throat> now when he had spoken these things, while they watched, he was taken up. That he, he ascended, right? That's the ascension of Jesus Christ. And a cloud received him out of their sight. And we've been talking about how that cloud, I, I don't believe that's just a cumulonimbus cloud in the sky, but actually the glory cloud of God that that was the manifested glory cloud of God, and Jesus stepped through a portal because glory 
is, is the merging of heaven and earth coming together. When you see glory on the earth, it's heaven starting to show up. Amen? And so if heaven is crossing over the barrier into earth, and there's glory, all of a sudden, we've got this portal, right? Got this portal. It's a, it, we talk about open heavens. We talk about windows of heaven. What is that? Well, it's the merging of the two realms coming together, and it's opening something up in that place. Praise God. That's something to get excited about, right? All right, so the cloud received them out of their sight. Let's move to 10. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up, he's ascending, behold, guess who's hanging out now? Two men stood by them in white apparel. Who is that? It's angels. Verse 11. Who also said, men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus who is taken up from you into heaven will so come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. And so all of a sudden there's this portal. Jesus exits the earth realm. He goes back into the third heaven realm where he's seated at the right hand of the Father, re-enthroned in the fullness of his glory. Hallelujah. Right? And, and you got to think about this. There's a portal and now all of a sudden, there's two angels standing there. That's what I believe, that those angels came through the same passageway that Jesus exited. They came in. Kind of like his transfer. That's what I believe. I don't know, but that but makes sense to me. And, and here they are showing up. And the reason I keep bringing this up is because um, as you read on, you finish Acts chapter 1, then you go right into Acts chapter 2. They've been praying for the promise of the, of the Holy Spirit to come, right? And then, and then when they're in the upper room, it's where we believe they were on this day, um, they're praying in one accord and unity, and all of a sudden, guess what happens? The heavens open, and the Holy Spirit is poured out on every single person. 120 prayer warriors. Come on. That's awesome. And that was when the church was born. And then Peter gets ignited, and he goes and he preaches. He has a new boldness, and he goes and he preaches. And how many people got saved? I, want, I think it was like 5,000 or something. 3,000? It's hard to keep track of all those thousand numbers in there. 3,000 was added to the church that day, it says. All right? We're not going into that story yet, but I just want you to see this. Like, the, the Lord is preparing things for the birthing of the church and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. It's amazing. You, you can't have the outpouring of the Holy Spirit without the church because that's, that's what he came here to land on. You can't have the church without the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Guess what? You've got to have both together to get the whole thing that God's trying to do. Okay? It's, it's heaven and it's earth merging together in one. It's heaven and earth kissing each other. You've got Pentecost. Hallelujah. The sloppy wet kiss. But some people... That song talks about heaven to earth, heaven coming to earth with a swappy, a sloppy, a swappy, a sloppy wet kiss. And then some people thought that sounds too real. Let's change the words on the radio. <laughs> I think that's funny when they change the words. It's like that's powerful. Anyway, I'm I'm diverting now. All right, my point that I want to make is the the Pentecost outpouring is about to happen. The church is about to be birthed, and right before that, we start seeing glory and the angelic. 
all right? I'm just proposing to you. You guys can take it or leave it, but I believe this with everything I've got, that when God is setting up his new works on the earth, he's bringing his glory and he's bringing the angelic hosts to partner with it. Amen? And so... Um, you know, this passage that, we, that we're reading, Jesus gives his mission. He, so there's the mission, there's the glory, there's the angelic, and then there's the birthing of the church. Those all things go together. We've got to understand that this is what's in God's heart and mind and how he's doing it. There's a mission, there's the glory, there's the angelic, and then there's the birthing of the church. Okay? That's what I'm trying to point out here. In John 1.51, Jesus was talking to Nathaniel, and, and he's blessed by Nathaniel's faith in him, and he just declares over him. He says, he says, hereafter you shall see heaven open. Everybody say, open heavens. Heaven open. And the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. Come on, that is amazing. Like this guy, Nathaniel, his name was only mentioned in the Bible one other time. And it was just, it was just the listing his name amongst a group. He didn't actually, doesn't say he did anything that, that made the book, all right? But he did. He made the book because Jesus is declaring over him that you're going you're gonna to see heavens open and angels ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. Hallelujah. I don't know if that actually happened in that three years he was hanging out with the disciples or not. Maybe it did, but it doesn't say. There's no place that actually says that there was visions or experiences with angels in that way, all right? <clears throat> but I've, I've told you this recently. I want you to consider that passage where if you see Jesus, the Son of Man, and you see the angels ascending and descending on him through the open heavens, and then you got to understand, like, that's just kind of a reality for Jesus, okay? Like what Jesus was doing, he was walking under an open heaven everywhere he went, walking in an open heaven everywhere he went. Whether people saw it, felt it, or not, doesn't change anything about the fact that there was angels ascending and descending upon him. That's cool, right? But we also want to think about this. Jesus, in Matthew 16, 18 through 19, I've spent a lot of time on this passage where Jesus was talking to Peter, and he said, on this rock, I will build my church, right? I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. Okay? I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Everybody say, open heavens. Open heavens. Keys, right? Open heavens. All right? Give you the keys of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will have been bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will have been loosed in heaven. Okay? So you got to get this picture. Jesus is talking to them about the, the, this is the thing he's building on this earth, right? He came to die on the cross and resurrect to redeem all mankind and to save us as individuals, but that's not all he came to do. He came to build a church, to build a church, to build a family, to build a church, to build a people who are united together in the household of God, all right, under the covering of heaven and the blessing of God, all right? So he's saying, I'm going to build my church, and and the, the, the gates of Hades will not prevail. You guys have heard this many times now. The, the gates are not offensive weapons. They're defensive weapons. So we can't look at that passage and think Satan is trying to crush the church. We've got to look at it the other way. 
God's trying to crush Satan through the church. All right, the gates of Hades will not prevail. They will not be able to sustain themselves against the forces that come against it. You guys see that picture? I'm trying to wrap a lot of stuff up that I've been spending months on, if you haven't noticed. All right, so you got to think about if, if Jesus said you'll see angels ascending and descending on the Son of Man, the heavens open, and Jesus said, I'm going to build a church, and the, ga- and, and the gates of Hades won't be able to prevail against it. I'm going to give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. You'll bind and loose things on the earth, and they'll already be bound or loosed in heaven, right? And so you got to see, like, the, the, somehow the angelic is involved with what he's doing. You guys hearing me? Angelic is involved in what he's doing, okay? So the angels are in partnership with the works of Jesus Christ. They're in partnership with the works of Jesus Christ. They're they're servants of God. They're in partnership with him in building his church, okay? They're in partnership with him and with the church in crushing the gates of hell. Hallelujah. in, In kingdom expansion, See, Jesus is crushing gates of hell in this earth, not just, not just to kick the devil's butt again, because he's already done that. It's so he can regain the grounds that was stolen from his kingdom and take it back so he can spread his kingdom into those places. <clears throat> and we have to understand that where the gates of Hades are in this world, it's because there's principalities from demonic realm that hang out in the second heaven realm. We've been talking about that too. Second heaven realm, the demonic principalities, they, they try to influence the peoples. They try to influence cultures. They try to influence governments and laws and all that stuff. And as we vote and as we institute laws and legal things and cultural trends and all that stuff, if those things are in agreement with the demonic realm, we're actually giving them license to show up and build their kingdom in that place. That makes sense. All right? And the opposite happens. When we do the things that partner with God's heart, with the laws of heaven, the the good things, then we're actually giving God permission to come in and do things because he's given us stewardship of this earth, and we're the ones who determine which kingdom gets access around us, through us. Amen? Excuse me. All right, so the angels are coming. They're partnering, and, and when we're, we're grabbing the keys of heaven from Jesus, guess what? They're with us. They're, they're, they're part of the flow and the transfer of heaven to earth. All right, you guys see in this picture? Binding and loosing, they're, they're part of that with us. That doesn't mean they're doing all of it, but there's things they're doing that you don't even know about. There's things that they've been doing before you even started doing the thing you need to do that you don't even know about. You, you hear me? <laughs> They're busy. I mean, if they're not busy, it's our fault. Some people have bored, de- bored angels. I was going to say bored demons, but no. I'm not talking about demons. That, just, that, that was a slip of the tongue. All right, Ephesians 1, 19 through 23. I spent some time on this last week. I'm just going to read it. I'm not going to preach it. Can, do we still have that one up? There we Okay. 19 through 23. God's going to show us what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the power, so the working of his mighty power, keep going, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead 
and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. That's the third heaven realm I'm telling you about, where Jesus transferred from earth into heaven. He passed right by second heaven realm, went right to third heaven realm, and he's seated at the right hand of the Father. Amen? Verse 21. Far above all principality and power and might and dominion. That's the, that's the spirit realm powers that I've been talking about. The, the devil has a government. He, has, um, he, he, set, he tries to set up principalities and regions, and then there's hierarchies, and they do their thing that way, right? The people might not understand this, but the devil actually has a lot of unity <laughs> in his kingdom. And there's authorities and structures in his kingdom. That's why they're called principalities and powers and mights and dominions. And every name that is named. So Jesus was lifted above all that stuff, hallelujah, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come, verse 22. And he put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church. Whoa. Verse 23, just finished it out. Which is his body. The church is his body. You guys see that? The church is Jesus' body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. So you got to see this picture that Jesus was resurrected from the dead. He spent 40 days with his apostles proving his resurrection, training them in the ways of the kingdom, and then he gives them the great commission, final words, and then they watch him ascend, he disappears, and then all of a sudden he's seated at the right hand of the Father in heaven. What they didn't know was happening is that when they came into salvation, coming into the the crucifixion by faith of Jesus Christ that sets us free from our sins and our sinful natures, and unites us into Christ, the, the, and, then the, and then the birthing of the church happened on Pentecost, they had no idea when they're watching him go up that in the spirit that we as the, as the sons and daughters of God and the church as a whole actually became fused into Jesus Christ who was being ascended and seated at the right hand of the Father. That's crazy thoughts right there. Crazy thoughts because if you think about standing there with the 12 and the two angels show up and they're, they're literally watching Jesus fly, like somehow in the spirit realm, God was able to take each one of us and fuse us into Jesus Christ in that ascended experience. So crazy. I, I don't think that our natural minds can fathom what I'm saying, but nonetheless, it's a spiritual reality. Okay? And so the Lord, you know, in this passage, Ephesians 1, is saying that he was, he was lifted above all principalities and powers, dominions and mights, right? And seated in that place, and it says all those things are under his feet, and guess what feet are? They're a part of a body. And it says that his body is the church. You and me, together, collectively, in unity, we're the church, where his body, that includes his feet, and guess what? His feet are also above all the demonic realm stuff. <laughs> you guys see that? So, you know, like when, when Jesus said that you're going to tread on scorpions and serpents, he's talking about demons, how does that happen? Well, because we're seated in the heavenly places and they're under our feet. Come on. Like we, we, we can look at that like we're going around and we're casting demons out of people. Absolutely. We have the authority over them in Jesus Christ. All right? 
But it's even greater than that because as the church, it's, it's almost like Jesus was walking on the water. We're walking on top of the second heavens. You see that? So, so he's put all that stuff. He's not, he doesn't put like Satan and Beelzebub and whoever the names are that people like to call out. Like, it's not like you can just go up and just, just do whatever you want to them. He's talking about the church. He said it says the church is his body and it's under the feet. All right, so in Christ, we're lifted above it. But the, but the point here is that there's safety in the body. There's authority in the body. You guys see this? All right, because I'm just telling you scriptures. I'm not, I'm not trying to just make stuff up. Okay, if you, if you bust over to Ephesians 6, 12, do we have that one, Kaya? I don't know if I had to put that one in there. Ephesians 6, 12 says, We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. I'm not going to preach on this one. It's for the purpose of us just seeing and, and pointing out to the ways this stuff is set up out there. And it says that we, 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 our wrestle is against that stuff, which is in which realm? The second heaven. Where are we positioned? In the third heaven, above it. So if you're in second heaven, hanging out there trying to wrestle the devil, you're in the wrong place doing the wrong thing. And a lot of people are trying to do spiritual warfare, hanging out in the second heaven realm, doing it from the wrong source, the wrong angle. There's, there's a right position. There's, a, there's only one position that gets you the victory, and it's being seated in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. When, you're, when you know you're seated in the right, hand, the right hand of the Father in Christ, you already are in victory. We don't fight for victory. We fight from victory. Hallelujah. We got to understand the perspectives of how God's wording this stuff out in the in the scriptures. Amen. All right. So my my script or my sorry my message today is not really about spiritual warfare. I'm just trying to give us perspective on all this stuff right now. There's principalities and powers and mights and dominions, and and we tend to presume that anytime you hear the word principalities or powers, that it must be talking about demonic strongholds. And often that is the case, but I, I want to propose to you that God is actually trying to set up holy principalities and powers on this earth. Why would, he, why would the devil have the ability to do something greater than what God can do with his kingdom here? We're talking about, we're talking about kingdoms, right? The devil is not like the superior one here. His teeth have already been kicked out. <laughs> Are you guys hearing me this morning? I just told you the devil's teeth have already been kicked out. In Revelation 1, this is, this is when John the Apostle, the beloved, 
was on the island of Patmos. He was he was already he was in persecution. They had tried to um, martyr him multiple times and failed. By the way, that's kind of cool, just on its own. All right, but he's on he's in the Lord. It says he's in the spirit on the Lord's day, right? And he has the most profound encounter that's written in the Bible, and and he he goes to heaven, and he sees Jesus. And he sees Jesus, his eyes are on fire, and he sees, he sees his sword come out of his mouth, and his clothes are glowing, and his hair's white, and all that stuff. His feet are bronze. It's, it's powerful. And, you know, in, in verses 17 through chapter 2, verse 1, do we have this in here? I, don't, I might have added this in. Okay, I think this was an add-in. This is an awesome add-in, though. So follow me. If you have your Bibles and can open it to Revelation 1, I'm going to start at verse 17. When I saw him, Jesus, I fell at his feet as dead. But when he laid his right hand on me, saying, do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. Come on. I am he who lives and was dead. Hallelujah. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Come on. This is powerful stuff. And I have the keys of Hades and death. Write the things which you have seen and the things which are and the things which will take place after this. The mystery of the seven stars. Before this verse, talked about him seeing seven stars and, and seven golden lampstands, right? It says, the mystery of the seven stars which you saw in my right hand and the seven golden lampstands. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches and the seven lampstands which you saw are the seven churches. Everybody say, the stars are the angels. And the lampstands is the church. All right? To the, and then it, then it goes into chapter 1, and it starts, talking, it starts writing a letter to each of seven churches. Each church is in a different city or region. And so the, the church was God's um, kingdom establishment in those areas so that he could bring his kingdom through his church to those places. So the Lord is trying to build up regional structures in the kingdom of God so that he can bring this partnership, this holy alliance, heaven and earth together so that he can build kingdom. He can bring heaven to earth in those places. You see that? All right, so... Why did God choose just these seven churches? I don't know, because there's a whole lot more churches than that. But for some reason, that's what he did. I think some of these might be regional things, but, uh, but that's not my point today. What I, I just want you to see this. I'm just going to read verse 1 of chapter 2. To the angel of the church of Ephesus, write, these things, which he, this, these things says he who holds the seven stars in his right hand who walks in the midst of the seven golden lampstands. All right? I'm just trying to give us heaven's perspective on some things. The Lord establishes churches because Jesus is the one who builds his church, right? Upon the rock, upon the revelation that he's the Christ, the son of the living God. So he builds his churches, establishes them, and then he assigns an angel to be a, to be a, a power a connection from heaven to earth. So there's the star, and there's the lampstand. 
And you could envision the lampstand to be like a menorah, which is one of those seven candle pole things that they put in the temple or in the tabernacle. Okay, those are prophetic symbols of his church. So he builds his church. In, in God's eye, he's actually putting a spiritual lampstand for the church, and he's putting an angel there. And my, the reason I'm saying this is because I just want to give us perspective that the church being his earthly representation of his kingdom, the angels are the heavenly representation of the kingdom, and he's putting the two together. Putting the two together. He's trying to create alliances of heaven and earth. All right? He wants to, he, he's, he wants to create open heavens where there's people and angels working together to build God's kingdom right here on this earth. Come on, this is awesome. This stuff gets me excited. So the letters to the angels of the churches, that's crazy. He's writing to the angels. I, I don't understand that, but God does. And, and so we need to understand that God's trying to create heaven and earth alliances between us and his kingdom in heaven. Are you guys getting this picture? And so I, I believe that, um, that as he's talking to the angels over the churches of the regions in, in Revelations chapter 2 and 3, that what's going on there is he's actually establishing principalities. in with me? He's establishing principalities. And, and the, so there's the partnership of the church, and that's a place where the angel from heaven is able to come. All right? Who's building his church? Who, who's the one who builds the church? Jesus, right? Who's the one who the heavens open and angels ascend and descend upon? Jesus. So if Jesus is building his church, and the heavens are open, and the angels ascend and descend, what also are they ascending and descending upon? Us. The work of Christ building his church. You got a candlestick, you got angels. You got candlestick, you got star. Are you seeing this? Ain't in the picture. I told you guys, this message today is, is coming from an apostolic and a prophetic perspective on what God's building. All right? Because my goal... In, in doing these messages is to try to help us to just upgrade our thinking on the, there's more happening in our midst than we realize. There's a lot more going on in the spirit realm than you know. Okay, there's more than meets the eye. That should encourage you. Because when you start feeling like things are getting hard or things aren't going the way they should be, you need to understand that there's more than meets the eye going on. <laughs> Hallelujah. So God's great commission for us is to expand his kingdom across the earth. All right? This involves tearing down strongholds and crushing principalities. It's the, it's, it involves um, the gates of Hades, Hades not prevailing against the work of the, the church. Happens through the church. All right? The building of holy strongholds and principalities. There, there are strongholds that are demonic. God's trying to build 
holy principalities and strongholds. Hallelujah! I'm speaking into his long-term plan here. This isn't just instant revival. This is, lo- this is like God works. He, he works through the generations to build things of what he's doing. You guys, you guys understand that? Like when the prophets and the, and the revivalists have come through central Indiana and in the previous generations and they prophesied about revival coming and there's moves of God and we talk about things like the wells that they had and, and they've gone dormant. You guys have probably heard some people talk about things like this and that we need to reopen the wells. What in the world do you think that's going on in the spirit realm? God was sending angels and he's building things that you can't see with your eyes. Building for things long term. He's trying to set things up so he can build something greater than what we've ever seen before. The things that he built in the past, he hasn't finished yet. There's more coming. And they're busy working. You guys catching this? All right. Build, he wants to build strongholds. When, when you get a, a, a principality built, you got, what is a principality? It, it, there's, a, there's a dominion. There, there's a kingdom with a dominion that has a prince over it. Okay? When we talk about principalities and powers that are demonic, the, there's, there's princes that have been placed over regions. And that's why when Daniel um, was, he, he started praying for God to send the answer and he didn't get it. So he starts fasting and praying for 21 days. And then Michael, the archangel, comes finally and he says, Hey, I want you to know that I actually, um, I actually was on my way the first moment you started praying. Guess what? There's more than meets the eye. I was sent the moment you started praying, but it took all that time. All that prayer that you did was actually interceding to break down the principality of the, there was the prince of Persia. That's a principality. A prince of Persia. There's a demonic power that's very powerful that has his armies and his hierarchies around him, built up in a whole region. There's a government in the spirit realm. And, and Michael, the archangel, which is one of the most powerful angels that God has, took him 21 days to get through that thing. And the prayer and the intercession was opening the pathway for him to get through. What if he gave up because he didn't get his answer? <laughs> Little did he know that the answer was already on its way, but he prayed that thing through. I'm being edified right now. Are you? So, but the, but the Lord is trying to, he's building up his church I want to tell you something that's amazing about this open heavens concept, all right? Open heavens. Because this is what Jesus is in the business of doing. Everywhere Jesus went, the heavens were open. Because he showed up. All right? What is open heavens? It's, it's, a, it's a portal of, between us and heaven that bypasses that second heaven realm completely. You better hear me. Because the Lord has created these ways for us to not even have in the second heaven interference. 
the stuff that held Michael the archangel back for 21 days and he had to intercede him through, the Lord can open heavens and there's instant access. Praise God. Jesus didn't have to spend 21 days with his apostles praying on their knees for him to get from earth to heaven, like, like the reverse with Daniel. No, he, he was right there. Why? Because the heavens opened, and that's where he was. And that's what the Lord's trying to do with us. That's why he's putting the church here, so that we can be kingdom people, accessing our total reality of being seated in the heavenly places, and then establishing heaven on earth right here in our midst. When we, when we carry that and we are the church as he wants the church to be and we're living in our individual open heaven realities and we come together, guess what's happening? Corporate open heaven realities. And what does God do? He sends his angels and he can build things called principalities in regions. Principalities, you don't get overnight though. It takes time, it takes diligence, it takes staying the course. And so you got people like Mariah Woodworth Eder back in the day and whoever the other great revivalists were that ever came. Guess what? The Lord was building something, but there's more. There's more. Hallelujah. Is this encouraging? I'm not done. Ephesians 3, 9 through 12. Pop it up, please. So the, the verses prior to this, Paul's talking about how the Lord had revealed to him the mystery. He talks about this great mystery. Turns out the mystery is pretty common to us now, but back then it was like blowing their minds. The mystery was that Jesus died on the cross, not just for the Jews, but also for the Gentiles, to bring them all into one body, it says. Body. What is the body? It's the church. So, so God's plan was to bring all people all over the globe into his church, into his body. That's the big mystery he's talking about here. All right. Now, verse 9, it says, it says to make all see what is the fellowship of the mystery, that thing I just said, which from the beginning of the ages has been hidden in God who created all things through Jesus Christ. Verse 10. To the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church. By who? <laughs> okay, not, not just a bunch of individual Lone Ranger ministries or the church, right? Which is it? It's the church, it's the body, it's the people of God coming together in unity under Christ. All right? So the manifold wisdom of God would be made known by the church, his ecclesia, to who? The principalities and powers in the heavenly places. Whoa. I want you to see this. He created it for the church to be walking in the very grace of Jesus Christ that brings us together in unity in his body. Okay? The church that he wants to reveal the manifold wisdom of God. That is the multifaceted wisdom. And, and people like to kind of describe that like a big, precious diamond 
that's perfectly cut and you shine light in it and it refracts the light in all the different directions, right? The body of Christ, multifaceted. Every part is different than the next part. Each part is beautiful if it's functioning as it's supposed to be. And in unity, we work together and the Lord would reveal through shining the light of Christ in us, the glory of God inside of us, refracting it through each person, each part of the body in unity, multifaceted wisdom of God. You guys see that picture? He's revealing that to who? To the principalities and the powers in the heavenly places. That's wild. All right? I'll just, I'll just stop there on that verse, but I, I want us to see this. It, it, it's the church... He's actually given his ecclesia the stewardship of his kingdom. He's, he's, he's placed the care of his kingdom into the hands of his church. He, he, didn't, he didn't place the kingdom into the hands of just Lone Ranger Ministries. The church. The church. Okay? It's, it's, but, but as the church lives and functions the way it's supposed to on this earth, bringing the kingdom of God through us, expanding His kingdom, walking in the power of the Holy Spirit, watching Jesus show up in our midst, being His witnesses everywhere we go, living in open heaven realities. Guess what's happening while we're doing our thing? This is just the byproduct of that. Demons and principalities and everything is set up all around us, and angels, by the way, are watching us and they're dumbfounded. They are looking and they're seeing this thing and they're like, whoa, it disarms them. Disarms them. We as God's church, if we're functioning the ways that God wants us to together, there's more than meets the eye going on out there. It disarms even principalities and powers in the heavenly places. I'm talking about the second heaven realm on that. You guys seeing this stuff? It's kind of a big deal. All right? So this work is seen by the principalities. It's not, it's not by just um, individuals going out trying to, trying to do their own spiritual warfare. It's the church together. And that's where it's safe. The church together, that's where the gates of Hades can't prevail. All right? The, the doing, anyway, it comes by us bringing the kingdom of heaven through his church, okay? So our mission is heaven on earth. Our mission is kingdom of heaven coming into your midst, okay? Our mission is making disciples of all nations. No one person, no one church can do the whole thing. That's why God has all of the church all around the world, right? So collectively, we're, we're doing the big picture mission here making disciples of all nations, witnessing to Jesus to the ends of the earth, making his enemies his footstool. Come on. 
God, there's, there's more going on out there than we know. More going on than we know. The church is the steward of the kingdom of heaven on this earth. I, I, I like to see it like this, kind of. I, I like to look at how God put Adam and Eve on this earth to tend the garden and, and to take dominion of the earth and to expand it to the, to the ends of the earth. God wanted them to take dominion, right? He wanted them to increase what he was doing through them. And, and so if you could look at the Garden of Eden prophetically, like his kingdom, okay? And then you could look at Adam like Jesus, because Jesus said he's the second Adam, right? Then who's Eve? It's the church, the bride of Christ. Okay, so God, it's like some people think, well, the, let's just do the kingdom. I don't need the church. No, no. No, you, you don't get to do the kingdom the way God needs you to without the church because the church is the one who's facilitating it on earth. Just like Adam and Eve is facilitating. They, they stewarded the place that God gave them. You guys seeing this? Hallelujah. That's good. I, I have so much more to say, so we're going to start part two after a quick bathroom break. I'm just joking. Man. I don't understand why I can't ever get to the places I'm trying to because there's so much to this stuff. Are you guys getting anything helpful out of this? Yeah. All right. Well, thank you. I'm glad that about three of you are getting something good out of it. That's <laughs> it's sinking in. Praise the Lord. I, I didn't get to land at a place where there's like these action points because I, I, that just didn't happen. <laughs> But, but I, I think that, I mean, my goal is just to create awareness to another realm, okay? There's more to say on this. Creating awareness of another realm. We're, we are not angel worshipers or angel followers even, but, but we need to understand that when we're, when we're doing God's mission and we're united as a church... He's given us the stewardship of his kingdom and the, and the spiritual realm, evil and holy, sees the church as something far greater than we understand. Because it sees the church as the carriers of his glory. Come on, dudes. Come on. This is a big deal. There, there's big things going on. God's building something. He's building towards something far greater than we know right now. Hallelujah. When, when, we're, when we're dormant in our faith, we're not partnering with that realm. When we're being passive Christians, we're not partnering with that realm. When we're laying hold of the things that God has for us, we are partnering with that realm. We're doing it his way. When we're, when we're pressing in to his body and loving it well and participating with the body and heaven's mission on the body, guess what? There's more than meets the eye. God's building something. Angels are coming. They're backing up the mission. Unity is a huge key on this. 
Hallelujah. What, what, what do you guys think? <laughs> like it? Fantastic. Did you say it's a 10? 10 out of what? Praise the Lord. That's not bad. I posted on Facebook yesterday this thought that came to me that you look at like Yelp scores or Amazon ratings and stuff. And I'm, I'm like, like, sometimes you see like these really horrible ratings and stuff, and you're like, I think this product seems better than what they're saying. Might not be. But, but I just wonder how many of those ratings, it's not really the product that's the problem, but it's their knowledge of how to use it that's the pro- problem. <laughs> and, and like, and some people even got on there and they said, yeah, that applies to the church too. <laughs> People don't, people rate, th- rate the church because they aren't having the experience they thought they were supposed to get, but maybe they weren't actually applying themselves to it the way that things actually need to work to get the experience that's supposed to be there. Because I, I just want you to see this. If you can't understand that God literally has put the destiny of his kingdom into the care of the church. And then he's assigned all of the hosts of heaven to come and back that thing up. Are we really estimating what the church is rightly? Because it's kind of a big deal to God. All right? And God's given us, like like overflow is a church. I don't know if if we existed back then, if we would have made it in in Revelation 2 or 3. Maybe not, <laughs> but maybe, I don't know. But in the spirit, there's a lampstand. In the spirit, there's a star on it. In the spirit, there's the, the practical natural realm that we're looking at in here, but, but, there, but it's actually far more glorious than we know. So glorious that the angels want to come. Send and descend in our midst through the works of God and build this thing with us. And God's given us an assignment. He's given us a prophetic vision. I believe that he's got things way beyond what we could ever dream or imagine for us according to the power that works within us. Okay? I just, I'm just trying to help us to see, like, we got to get real focused on what God's doing here, and, and grab a hold of this thing. It's going to happen if we do. Amen? Why don't you guys stand? That was, that was a lot more of a teaching, I think, but... <clears throat> Praise the Lord. Holy Spirit, I, I pray for every person that you will continue just working the, the spirit of wisdom and revelation into us. Lord, that you'll continue just opening the eyes of our understanding at a greater level. To be able to see what's real in the invisible realm. God, you want to show us what's going on in the realm that our eyes can't see. And and I pray that you'll help us to capture this, God. This is way bigger of a deal than, than I think our carnal minds can perceive. Help us to see it from our spirit. Help us to recognize, Lord, that our our obedience and faith to you and our commitment 
to one another as the church is essential for the works of heaven to come into our midst and be established. Let this sink into our hearts in a deeper way, Lord. Help us to see um, the potential is absolutely magnificent. What could happen? Hallelujah. And it's not just about the church. It's about each person's lives in the midst of this too. And I pray, God, even right now, that you will release the breakthroughs that people are needing in their personal lives. In the name of Jesus, I ask you to release Holy Spirit and angelic hosts <laughs> into this room, into the where people are watching online or listening. Lord, that, that you would minister breakthrough, the power of breakthrough on people right now. In the name of Jesus, amen. Hallelujah.